When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Rose Ed as Harry Kane equals Bobby Charlton's England scoring record. Gareth Bale fires Wales to within a whisker of the World Cup. And there are more Italian tears than Will Smith's speech at the Oscars when he realised he might have ruined his career by sticking up for his wife who was cheating on him anyway. Is that too harsh? <laughs> Sorry, um, look, let's just hope there's no cracks about Mike's beard at the Sports Podcast Awards. Otherwise, Hannah will have to batter James Haskell. Um, there we go. As if I dare yeah, do that. I love, I love that. Richard and Judy. He's like the what? son-in-law, isn't he? So... <laughs> Is he? Yeah, he's married to Chloe, who's their yeah, to the is. Chloe, his yeah, daughter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to the Chloe. Um, um, she's like a fitness guru. Right, welcome to Rose Ed. Um, <laughs> like and review us, because that helps with the algorithm. But there's something I've really got to do straight at the top, right? Hannah. Yeah. How do you uh, say, yeah, there's a very famous Canadian crooner, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> his, his name is Michael. How do you, how do you say his name? <laughs> Michael Bubelay. <laughs> <laughs> like literally, I genuinely don't know what you're laughing at. Right. Where have you gone, Joe? Michael Bublé. How do you say it? <laughs> right, Mike. How, how do you say it? Michael Bublé. Michael Bublé. Yeah. So yeah, what you've Bublé. done is you put. A... <laughs> no. Mike just said, Mike just said Bublé. There's, no, an, you extra, there's an extra vowel in there. <laughs> you put an extra syllable, so you you're doing it, Bublé. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's just Bublé. <laughs> <laughs> you're saying boobalay <laughs> what about and you were also just talking before we came on air about the um the famous spanish dj whose name's david how do you say his name <laughs> david guetta <laughs> there's no w in it it's just guetta <laughs> Is it actually? Oh, is it actually? Yeah. Is it actually? Is it actually? Most people say it. It's not David Guetta. I can't wait for the brand new track from David Guetta featuring Michael Bublé. It's going to be astonishing. Oh, God. 
God, I can't even breathe. I love oh, it. God, can we talk about so, football? So, for a bit of context, this is just this just all happened before the show even started. Um, <laughs> Anna's crying. Yeah, also, those were those were the only two names she actually mentioned, <laughs> and they happened to be. <laughs> mispronunciations <laughs> both, both pronounced in see i don't think it's a mispronunciation it's just hannah east's unique spin on yeah. on words yeah <laughs> I say what i want don't i literally I can't believe it's not david guetta i've been in clubs in ibiza and stuff and that requested david guetta songs but you were talking, and they were like bloody <laughs> <She's filled> up. <laughs> how <laughs> does she had oh he's not putting my track on <laughs> he doesn't know what you're talking about <laughs> Oh, Christ. Oh, extraordinary. <sighs> Hannah, you're on holiday. Yes, I am, yep. You having, a, you having a nice time? Yeah, in Blackpool. Yeah, having a really nice time, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice weather in Blackpool, isn't it? It is really lovely, 28 degrees, yeah. Oh, dear. Um, how, how, how are the boys getting on? Because I know, obviously, they've been going to kids' club. Have they been having a nice time? I think so, because I've been putting them in kids' club every day, so I haven't really seen them. <laughs> so when was the last nice time you holiday. saw your kids? <laughs> five days ago. No. <laughs> No, we've been putting them in kids club. So we specifically came to Blackpool because um, you can put mm. your kids into kids club. So it just means that you get like a couple of hours free time in the day. Um, otherwise, like entertaining a three and a five year old in the heat is not the easiest thing in the world. So yeah, just but you get to see all the fit parents, all the fit dads that go and collect the kids at about three o'clock. So that's for me. <laughs> so you're there with the binoculars and a camera. <laughs> yeah. Got my fried eggs out. <laughs> oi, oi. <laughs> um, how are you, Mike? Yeah, I'm. I'm not bad. I was saying, Tana, I'm still. I'm still kind of ill. There's this like two week illness going on, but um, I'm. I'm recovering. But I, I. I don't know. Just do I sound? Do I sound better? You sound you better me. than me. <laughs> I mean, that's. I think hard, everybody does. Considering. What's going to be going into your throat pretty soon? Yeah. Just for clarification, I've not made a new lifestyle choice. Um, I'm, yeah, I've not made a new lifestyle choice. I've um, I, I've got a bad throat, as listeners to the podcast will know. So sticking a camera in it tonight and then maybe a laser in it in a couple of weeks. We'll see how it goes. Um, you've got a lump. You think you've got a lump on it. But who is it you've seen? The love doctor, the throat doctor tonight. <laughs> Not the love doctor, all the throat, 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 doctor. throat doctor's like a horrible porno, isn't it? Yeah. I don't know. Doctor. Uh, you so do. Uh, um, I'm seeing the voice doctor. The voice doctor. Mr. Costello, I loved him because he's a he's a former professional singer turned doctor, which is like a setup for a sitcom. Um, but yeah, I'm going to see him tonight. I spoke to Jackie, his secretary, and I'm off to see him tonight in Maidenhead. So oh. come down if you're listening. <laughs> also, it won't be out by then. Um, but yeah, look, it's a bit, it's been a busy week, isn't it? Um, do you want to talk about the Oscars? Yeah, oh, let's do it. Yeah. What was that about? What are you, I'm, I'm going to set my stall out. I'm team rock. Mm-hmm. Um, where do you fall on this, Mike? Yeah. Well, yeah, you have to be team rock, right? You can't just go like slapping people. Um, it was just, it was just crazy. And like, I think with most things like with the Oscars, you always wake up every year because it's on in America and you wake mm-hmm. up and see what sort of staged nonsense has gone on like with the the moonlight and la la land thing of a few years ago um and then this time it was like so clearly not staged just by all of their reactions and just by mm. chris rock's reaction like he's either an unbelievable actor or it was just completely real but yeah i mean i think that the joke was sort of like distasteful 
but it's no way near enough to go up and slap a man live on TV. And it's just it's, it's just a massive shame because it's the first Oscar of of, of his career, which he's yeah. he's ruined, and he's ruined everyone else's experience. All the other people that have won Oscars on that night. So, yes, yeah, yeah. it's, it's a shame all round, really. Yeah, and he just gave a speech afterwards didn't he and then at the end he's like oh i hope the academy invite me back it's like that's why you're crying mate it's not because you did it for love or whatever and also hannah like chris rock's a comedian right you can't like i I don't think it's a very funny joke it's not a very good joke for a comedian of his standard but like you can say whatever you like that's why you hire a comedian yeah and it's not like he was comparing her to like shirley from eastenders either was it it's like no that would be unkind yeah, that would be really me. That would be nasty. That would make him a nasty man. But he's, uh, he's uh, <laughs> one of the best man. comedians in the world, isn't he? And he's brilliant at what he does. And part of that is whether you're a celebrity or not, is taking the piss out of people. And yeah, yeah. it probably was maybe a little bit distasteful, but it's for the shock factor for the Oscars. And, uh, you know, if if you were in a bar and a man went up to another man and slapped him across the face or smacked him, he'd get kicked out of bar. So... Mm. Will Smith doing that I just think he really he let himself down and people are like oh you know he's defending his wife and she was offended and stuff like that if they if he didn't do anything and just put a statement out after the Oscars it would have been like you know Chris Rock would have seen like an absolute um, for what he did and it'd be highlighted yeah. about that's you know it's really distasteful and he wouldn't be asked to do the Oscars again but um, mm. Will Smith has kind of brought light on on Chris Rock and that it was like a joke and everybody knows the whole situation now uh, I just don't think Will Smith did himself any favors at all you just you don't yeah. smack people you just don't do it so well also like I just feel like you're on a bit of a hiding to nothing because Chris Rock is a world-class comedian so you sort of don't really want to get into a beef with him because imagine yeah. when they're both because they're both obviously going to do the talk show circuit now yeah. and Chris Rock is obviously going to win because yeah. he's yeah. a professional comedian. So, yeah, yeah I, saw, well, I saw a poster yesterday for Chris Rock's tour and I thought, oh, I might go, whereas I probably wouldn't have before. Um, yeah. But anyway, that's the Oscars, so that's done. Um, but before we start, um, and Hannah, I know you're, you're on holiday, obviously, so um, couples massage. I just want to know. <laughs> on Saturday. <laughs> this week. Yeah. It's time. <laughs> right, sorry, I'm <laughs> doing this well. It's time. <laughs> For things that make you go, oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, oh, Andy, Andy, you missed a spot. That's oh right. Oh, my God, no, this is disgusting. Oh. Cut that out, for God's sake. Do you know what we should do? Mike, we should start to just swear over the whole thing, and then he has to cut is the sound this, out. Is, is this where oh. Hannah's finally drawn the line? Oh, I think so. Bit... Oh, <laughs> I'll tell you what made me go, mm, it's one of the dubs at the pilot whose little girl's in the kids' club. He's really oh, fit. Get some sun cream on my bop, bop. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, So what made you go, mm, this week, a, a pilot? I think, yeah, a pilot who's got a daughter at the kids' club where my kids go to. Him. Does he have that lovely pilot's voice and... Hello, uh, Mrs. East, and uh, Bradley and Logan are your children, and how are they doing? <laughs> I mean, he doesn't speak like a BBC news reporter, um, but he, he's got, like, silver hair and really blue, crystal eyes. Um, oh, he sounds lovely. Yeah, and quite tanned and stuff, and he's really nice. And he told me as a pilot earlier, I was like, ah, are you? <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, what, what do you do? And I was thinking, oh, nothing as cool as you. He's just amazing. <laughs> he's wearing a pair of Toms, though. I don't like sweaty. I don't like people that wear shoes without socks because they get popcorn smelling feet. And that 
stresses me out. And he had Tom's. Maybe he's wearing those invisible socks. I couldn't see them, Mike. I couldn't see any any evidence of socks in there. What's a pair of Tom's? Yeah, a pair of shoes, a Tom's. Oh, so it's those weird shoes. Those like shoes that got the cork on the bottom and it's made of like very thin material on top. What? They're a cork shit? What? I've never heard of these. It's as if you've never seen or heard of a pair of Tom's before. Yeah, yeah, they're really rubbish. Yeah. It's nothing. They've got nothing on Air Jordan ones or anything, Joe. Well, I was going to say I just wear Air Max because yeah, I'm living in the nineties. I was trying to relate it to you. Yeah. <laughs> it refused to move away from the nineties. Mike, what's made you go? Oh, oh, I'm poorly. Put some vapor up on my chest, baby. Oh yeah, that's right. Oh mate, you're oh, a sicker. Oh, daddy breathe so... better. Oh, oh little, little back rub for daddy. Oh. I'm not. I'm not <laughs> reacting because it's all getting cut out. So yeah, I hope it is. <laughs> it ain't. <laughs> do, you want, do, do you want to ask me again, Joe? <laughs> that such an evil laugh. <laughs> uh, what made you go? Mm. Yeah. Well, on that theme of um of, oh, of shoes and trainers at Air Max, I've actually I've actually managed to get my hands on some some Jordans. They're they're, really, they're really hard to get hold of these days. So I had to go for a reseller. Well, not not according to Peter Andre and Dave Bowers. <laughs> Very good. That was quite witty, wasn't it? That was quite that witty. Yeah. Air Jordans as well. Air, get it? Air. Yeah. Air Jordan. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> That's a 50th day job. <laughs> <laughs> Look like two of Jada Pinkett Smith's head. Sorry, I will go. Oh, no, no, no. Too soon. <laughs> Too soon. Oh, Jesus Christ. Sorry. Uh. Sorry. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Yeah, sorry. What was going on? Um, yeah, so you were talking about your new trainers. That made you go, mm. Yeah, yeah. So I managed to get a pair of Air Jordan 1s. They're, they're really difficult to, to buy. So I had to go for a reseller, which is quite quite bad really but because these people just sort of like have like bots and stuff and they just buy the trains automatically when when they come out and then they they basically oh. double the price so i've been made a mug of but i'm i'm gonna be happy when i receive them because i've been waiting a while what color are they <laughs> that's that's a good content for your twitter hannah <laughs> do you know i got i got on a, a, a buggy the other night and i'd had a few drinks and me and andy were like a bit tipsy and um, I said, I said to the guy driving the buggy, I was like, "Excuse me," and he was like, "Yeah." And I was like, "How long does a battery life last for on the buggy?" <laughs> <laughs> oh, and Andy was like, "Fucking hell, Jesus Christ!" And I thought, "There's, there's content for my Twitter." <laughs> what, <laughs> what, what did he say? He ignored me. <laughs> did he actually? Yeah. yeah and then I asked him again, right and response. he was like, "About five hours." And I was like, "Oh gosh, you have to get it on charge then." <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm surprised he didn't just stop the buggy and be like, get out. Yeah. Like, literally, <laughs> f- off. Oh. Um, should we talk about a, uh, a feel good story from this week? Uh, Christian yeah. Eriksen scored mm-hmm. in his return to international football, and on Tuesday night, first game back in Copenhagen in front of a uh, sellout house. Sell out house, a sold out stadium. <laughs> Two bedroom <laughs> semi in Wolverhampton. Uh, <laughs> So he, um, yeah, he scored in his first home game as well. So in front of the fans in Copenhagen, um, it's nice, isn't it, Hannah? Yeah, it's lovely. 
No, it is nice. Especially like we, we, we always talk about Christian Eriksen. Oh, that's lovely, isn't it? Um, we always talk about Christian Eriksen because we do like him, don't we? But um, obviously it'd be nice for people that have been through this journey with him and how worried people were um, for him. It's great to see him back firing, firing form. Something not so nice though. Um, England boss Gareth Southgate called the booing of defender Harry Maguire in the 3-0 friendly win over Ivory Coast an absolute joke. Um, it's a bit harsh, isn't it, Mike, to boo Harry Maguire? Yeah, I think so, especially if you're <coughs> judging it on England performances. I don't, I don't know what much he's done wrong for England. He started at, at both tournaments where England got to the semi-finals of a World Cup and the finals of the Euros, and... I think he was in the Euro 2020 team of the tournament. So mm. England-wise, he's been he's been really good. It's just, but I, I don't know why England fans would be booing his club performances because that's got nothing to do with it. Yeah, he might not be in the best form, but you know, I think a lot of players sort of see England as a bit of a reprieve from from club. So if you're having a really bad time, you, you go to England and it's a chance to get a bit of confidence. So if you're going there and the fans are booing you, yeah. it's just completely out of order. So I agree with Shocking. agree with Big Gaz. Yeah, but some of them, um, some of them booed his first touch, Hannah. It's like this guy is like he's still playing for your country. It's not like he's had an absolute stinker or he said anything out of order. He's just in crap club form. And like, I don't know about you, but I really, I really hate that kind of attitude. Yeah, it's disgusting. Like, why? What was the point? What's that going to achieve? Um, and and I always say this now because because I'm a mother with children. Um, But I do always think four children. Like, just. It just it just makes me where are they? I don't know. Just get me another G and T, hun. I don't know what we're in, mum. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're my little boys. Um but I just think, you know, one day to take my kids to a football match and imagine if they turn around and said, Mummy, why are they booing that footballer that's on the pitch? that's playing for his country and it's like oh because mm. um most people don't like um the way that he's been playing for his football team when actually there's an issue with the whole team but because he's like the captain everyone will just take it out on him um like you've got to think we're, we talk about mental health a lot in sport and um it, people are trying to raise awareness particularly for men to talk about mental health mm. Mm. and i think there's like a fundamental issue there that people think that it's acceptable mm. to be able to boo a player that is playing for our country no matter what team he's playing for he's been selected to play for our country and we should be behind him all the way regardless of his form he's on the pitch because he's been chosen by the manager and i think it's really unfair and unnecessary that people are booing him when it, with his first touch i mean if he had a shocking game and missed like a penalty or something you could understand people going oh but nothing, nothing equates to being that frustrated with a player that you would boo them on the pitch. And what, what examples that set into young kids that are watching and what, what, how is that going to affect his mental health moving forward? Mm. It's, it's not on. He's, he doesn't play football for that reason. And I don't think it's, it's acceptable that people can do that or be allowed to do it. Just very Sorry, quickly. I just can went I just off say... on a rant then. Sorry. <laughs> but um, <clears throat> for listeners, I haven't put like a track under the podcast this week you might be able to hear i think there's a drum and bass dj in the next studio can you oh, hear really? that no i can't hear it no. hang on can you hear that is that not coming no. through right so sorry right that's not going to work for the listeners there's a drum and bass <laughs> dj it's like in the next studio so it's like hannah's talking about harry Maguire and men's mental health and i can hear like it's like bloody david guetta's next door oh, um, bloody hell. not that bloody michael Bublé. shut up Bublé. doing podcast you <laughs> p- uh, <laughs> um but yeah absolutely and it's like do you remember a few years ago mike when like 
players didn't like going to play for England. Stephen Gerrard, Frank Lampard, Rio Ferdinand, Wayne Rooney was obviously like, oh, it's nice to be booed by your own fans, said that to camera famously. Mm. And yeah. one of the things this England team has done is created that real sense of kind of solidarity and unity with the nation. And that started to slide with those racist idiots after the Euro 2020 final, um, saying like disgusting things to Bukayo Saka and James Sancho. Um, and Marcus Rashford. Yeah. And now this as well, players are going to not want to play for England again, are they? Because why would you? Because it's yeah. like, we, yeah, so sure, we've done a lot of crap podcasts, but if people start booing at the start of the podcast, you'd be like, well, give us a chance to f*** it up. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, no, I, I think that would be completely understandable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Two, two minutes in. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't. No, but you're, you're, you're right. It's setting the wrong precedent because... I think what a lot of this young England team have done is, as you say, Joe, build up that relationship with with the fans and get the fans excited because England are actually good again. And then mm. by the fans doing that, you're just destroying whatever whatever good feeling there is. And there's, there's a reason why I think I saw Jack Grealish talking about it as well, saying that the booing is just completely unacceptable, like Gareth Southgate, because no player wants to see their, their teammate treated like that. And I think no, mm. like 90% of England fans would would disagree with that so i don't know why one little section has to, has to ruin it for everyone and now it's become yeah. a story and um harry Maguire's is probably gonna have to release a statement because uh, mm. as they all do you know the, the pr machine right now um so yeah it's just it, it leaves a bad taste in the mouth because england are good at the moment and there's there's no reason to ruin it yeah bad taste <laughs> joe yeah good one <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, good one Oh, so that's going to be that's going to be Hannah after the couple's massage. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, <laughs> 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 right. Out. Andy, pilot's coming in. Uh, right. <laughs> Getting ready for landing. <laughs> oh, I was going to say, cabin doors are open. <laughs> uh. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. Oh, very silly, very silly. Uh, Mike was making such get, a good point as well. <laughs> um, but Mike, geez, I'm sort of starting to think, right? Jude Bellingham obviously um, played really well again. I'm starting to think England might win the World Cup in December. What do you reckon? I think they'll be one of the favourites, especially since Italy are out of it. We, oui. which. Uh, now, you know what? A lot of people were, were sort of laughing, but I was just like, yeah, it's a bit funny. But at the end of the day, this is a, this is a team that um, haven't played a, a knockout game at the World Cup since 2006. That's mental, isn't it? That is, since Which they won is, the tournament. Yeah. Since they won the tournament. So, you know, that's almost 20 years later. And, um, and yeah, they beat us in, in the final. So I'm not going to go in on them too much because they, they do have, you know, more World Cups and... European Championships than us um, but yeah I think England have, have got a good chance they've got a really good team they've got a good manager who knows how to galvanise the squad I just think one problem area in particular Joe is centre-back I think mm. there's not that many stand-up players at the moment like Maguire's not in good form Ben White is I think still not quite not quite there in terms of being like England's leading centre-back Tyro Mings I'm not convinced about um, Joe Gomez has obviously fallen off for Liverpool. So I, I don't look at it and think, oh, there's there's a real like standout defender there. So I think maybe he could end up going to a back three just to a, accommodate for a sort of uh, lack of you know strength in that position. 
Well, you made a, you made a really good point last week. Um, did I? About yeah, you did. Yeah. I know. No, honestly, I was I must stunned. have been really ill. <laughs> yeah. I, I, had, I had to listen back to it to make sure. <laughs> yeah. uh, um, but um, about why is Tyrone Mings in the team when Fakai Tamori is playing centre half for Milan, and yeah. they're on the precipice potentially of winning uh, Serie A. So I do I do think that's strange because you like if you're going to play a back four at the moment, I'd go. We'll stick John Stones and, and Samori in, surely. Do you think there's a there's a sort of um there's there's a preference for the Premier League in terms of Gareth Southgate? Like do, because obviously he watches more Premier League. I, I can't imagine he watches as nearly as many Serie A games as he watches Premier League. So obviously they get preference. Yeah, I do think there's definitely like there's that kind of out of sight, out of mind thing. Because you always pick players, I think, generally from your domestic league. But I think because we don't have a particularly kind of rich tradition of exporting tons of players abroad. Mm. Um, it was a bit like Jane Sancho. Jane Sancho wasn't really much of a fixture for England until he left Germany and came to Manchester United. Yeah. And he was playing considerably better in Dortmund than he has been at United, generally speaking. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't think they kind of get a fair go. Champions League reform. Um, so there's basically, right, this is quite a complicated story, but there are plans in place that would enable clubs to qualify for the Champions League based on the historic performance and not their league position. Um, it's back on the table. It's obviously after the collapse of the European Super League. So members of the European Club Association, which includes 10 Premier League sides, are going to lobby UEFA to allow two teams to qualify for Europe's elite club competition based in part on their coefficient, which is a metric calculated according to continental performance over the five free previous seasons. So that's going to be added into it. Um, so basically, Mike, it means that you could potentially finish outside the top four or the top three or whatever your country's qualifying yeah. coefficient is. And if you've got a rich enough history in Europe, you could still be in the Champions League. That's mental, isn't it? Well, it's, yeah, but last five years, so Arsenal will be absolutely nowhere near it. So I'm, <laughs> I'm definitely against it. I'm <laughs> hugely I'm against it. I'm not in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, no. So, but but it's still they're not proposing to add any more English. To, it's still the four teams that, that yeah. qualify, but potentially two of them could be based on historical performances. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's isn't it? But just theoretically, right? Does that mean that Arsenal and Tottenham could finish third and fourth? Right. So Spurs yeah. finish third and Arsenal finish fourth, yeah. and um, <laughs> and then Liverpool and Chelsea yeah. could finish fifth and sixth. But because they've gone deep in the competition in the last few years. Liverpool and Chelsea could supplant Arsenal Spurs. That's what it sounds like, yeah. Which is yeah. ridiculous because I then mean, it gets rid of what's the, what's the point in us finishing third and fourth? Yeah. What's the point in you trying? Don't get a, you don't get a, you don't get a trophy for finishing third and fourth. You get you get back into the Champions League, which is a sort of trophy in itself. So what there'd be no top four race anymore. Like this this little yeah. competition going on between Spurs, Arsenal, United for fourth, that would just be completely dead in the water. So no, I don't. I, so I don't what's agree the point of it then? All. Why? Why if they? Why is this even being a, become a thing that might happen? Why? I think it's because they want big famous clubs in the competition because they got more fans and more people will watch it and it'll make them more money. I'm right. pretty sure that's what it comes down to. Yeah. So yeah. so so if if like United aren't performing, they that looks like they're not going to finish in the top four this season based on mine and Joe's expert predictions. Mm -hmm. um, so if if they weren't going to finish in the top four, obviously like UEFA will want them in the Champions League because yeah. United sells. Like United is one of the biggest clubs in the world. So yeah, I mean, Joe's probably right. 
Yeah. And it means that teams like... Obviously, it's down to money. Well, this, but this is it. But like, it completely, like, Hannah, it takes away the competition element, doesn't it? Because like Mike says, it's like, and then teams, I don't know, um, Sevilla or whatever in Spain, who are having a really, really good season. And like Real Sociedad are having a really good season there. Or teams like West Ham, for example, here, who until a few weeks ago had a chance of getting in the Champions League. It makes it all redundant. And I just feel like, why don't they just let it go like yeah. football is fine just leave it alone <laughs> do you know what I mean though no. I know well we, you have you spend like from the age of being a kid you have this like oh the top four and then you're working out your teams and your fantasy football and it's really exciting for the top four of the Champions League and it's like why, why are they trying to change it around now like I want my kids to have that excitement that I've had growing up with this setup I don't want it to change so yeah it's down to money or not <laughs> um big week for Gareth Bale and we're talking about mental health in football earlier. And I'm going to read Gareth Bale's statement that he put out on Twitter. He said, at a time where people are taking their own lives because of the callousness and relentlessness of the media, I want to know who is holding these journalists and these news outlets that allow them to write articles like this accountable. Fortunately, I've developed a thick skin during my time in the public spotlight, but that doesn't mean articles like this don't cause damage and upset me personally and professionally to those at the receiving end of these malicious stories. Um, He goes on to say, I want to use my platform to encourage change in the way we publicly talk about and criticize people simply for the most part, not meeting the often unrealistic expectations that are projected onto them. So basically, Mike, this comes after Gareth Bale pretty much single-handedly put Wales in the driving seat to go and get to the World Cup, um, scoring two goals, including, excuse me, a, a... magnificent free kick but this comes after marca which is a spanish sports newspaper labeled him a parasite for his time at madrid this is a guy who's scored a bicycle kick in the champions league final like that didn't look particularly parasitic and also it's up to madrid if they don't play him so while i get that there's he is at fault in some ways because he's not tried to learn the language things like that i do think that's pretty shabby to not like inculcate yourself into the culture that being said it's down to successive Real Madrid coaches who've elected not to play him this guy's won league titles Copa del Rey's multiple Champions Leagues there and you're you're a journalist whereas Hannah and I have patently not to call someone a parasite is yeah pretty low isn't it yeah, I think as as a journalist, you've got a huge duty of care. If if you do happen to write an opinion piece or, or a column, you need to consider that the people on the other end of it, yes, they're footballers and yes, they earn a lot of money, but they're, they're still human beings at the end of the day. Yeah. Mm. And um, I just feel like, like sometimes it just goes way too far. Like, yes, Gareth Bale is a man playing football and he's not played a lot of football for Real Madrid over the last couple of years. Does that give you the the right to go go and attack him on on basically a, a personal level? Call him a parasite for, for for something that's football related. I mean, calling someone a parasite is something that that transcends football. Like you're basically saying that he's a he, he's a leech and he he's he's, he's sucking the, the club dry essentially, which which is what you're saying. And that is just not the case in in football or in life mm. or in anything. And it actually, he seems like a, a very decent guy. Um. I, I know he loves his golf and, um, you know, that he probably has played a bit more golf than football over, over the last few years. But at the end of the day, you're right, because the, like, people saying, oh, why is he playing for, for Wales and not Real Madrid? Because the Wales manager picks him and the Real Madrid mm. managers don't pick him. 
So yeah. what what can you do about that? Yeah, I mean, you know, with with players, you always say it's it's up to them to put everything in in training, and then you'll get picked. But at the end of the day, this guy has won the lot. He's won absolutely everything there is to win in football. So just, just leave him alone. Yeah, yeah. and. They seem to forget he scored that bicycle kick, the Champions League final, as I mentioned. But he also scored that amazing goal in the Copa del Rey final, I think, in 2014. Yeah. Where he he skins someone and runs off the pitch and runs around them. It's amazing. Like, this guy has provided Madrid fans with so many memories. Yeah. And, yeah, I just think, like, the Spanish pre- press is very partisan anyway, and I think they've got a lot to answer for. Um, someone else who's got a lot to answer for is Manchester United. Not that it's a person. Um, <laughs> Yeah, good. Um, sma- I'm absolutely smashing World the segues this week. Segue. Well, I'm so distracted by the drum and bass next door. Honestly, it's so loud. Um, Gary Neville put a post yeah. uh, on Twitter this week, the Twitter poll, saying uh, reports that Eric Ten Hag has been interviewed for the Manchester United job this week. If formal interviews have started and it's being such a public process, I'd expect a new manager to be announced in a week or so. Who do United fans want, Eric Ten Hag or Maurizio Pochettino? 82% said Eric Ten Hag. Um, United fans have changed their tune a bit, haven't they, Hannah, in the last few weeks, months? Shock. So I was actually laughing when you read that out because me and me and my friends call him Ten Hag. Um, <laughs> uh, what a you surprise. got Ten Hag? <laughs> <laughs> hey, Ten Hag coming to United or what? Um, <laughs> sorry, what was the question? I just... <laughs> but, but United fans... Were seemingly wanted Pochettino. They were dead set on Pochettino. I've been told by several United fans, you're getting Pochettino for like two years. Yeah. But it looks yeah. like it will probably be Ten Hag. <laughs> Wait, Joe, I just I, I just got asked was was Brendan Rodgers on that on Gary Neville's well, poll? Well, I was actually just about to say, like, like, how come? It hang on, I'm just going to look at the poll again. Oh, I can't see Brendan <laughs> Rodgers' name. Um, that's an oversight, oh, isn't it, by Gary? Obviously, he just doesn't know what's going on at Man United or Manchester United. Um, yeah, I, uh, I think he's been advised, Ten Hag, uh, potentially yeah. not to take the job because um, people have, have suggested um, that, you know, that he should be going to a football club rather than like a, a business setup. That was um, that. That was Louis van Gaal. It was, yeah. Um, and he's kind of advised him not to go. Um, but do yeah, you... It, do you Think of Manchester United as a... Do you feel like it has tipped over to, into too much of a business? Um, I think, yeah, I think it, it has. Um, I think it was... Uh, it's really difficult, isn't it? Because as as a, uh, like a business, as a franchise, they've always had the, the legacy of Sir Alex Ferguson. And then I think that Man United thought they could keep the, the control element and they could choose a manager that would kind of be quite um, sort of suppressive. They can tell a manager what to do Mm. and they can be really influential on a a manager and decisions that are made. Um, Whereas that hasn't worked um, because like Sir Alex Ferguson had such control over that system in the first place. Um, So I think any manager starting at Man United doesn't really stand a a chance because there's so many powers above that have so much influence into what decisions they can make. Um, but I think if uh, Ten Hag, if he came, his his style of football would probably be quite exciting for, for United to become sort of very attacking. Um, I think that would be quite an exciting concept um, 
for for United fans and a, a bit of change and some you know somebody fresh. He's in his fifties, isn't he? So mm. in terms of his uh, his CV, he's more than capable of of running United, and I think he'd he'd be a, a good option. Um, but right at this moment in time, I don't think anybody knows what's a good option for United because you can get a brilliant manager in, but if they're not allowed to implement the decisions that they want um, and structure the team and the formation and 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 stuff, I, I don't I don't know who's going to be the the best option really. Yeah, I mean, 100%, because if he's allowed to just coach the team and get on with the football and work with the director of football about players he wants, be that yeah. Ralph Ranick or someone else, but yeah. if there's stuff coming down from the board going, we want XYZ player because he's going to be worth so many shirt sales, yeah. then that's just, that's just not going to work. And that's been the which problem you, so far. Yeah, which you can see that is like filtered down with the last few managers, well, the, all the managers since um, Sir Alex Ferguson, that's been the case, um, which is just unfortunate because you've got managers that have, well, you look at like David Moyes, he's doing a great job now, isn't he? Mm. And um, when when he left or was sacked from Man United, it was like, oh God, you know, where's he going to get a job now? And it's it's almost like his, he, he had a, um, people had a lot of confidence in him before. And then, you know, when he left United, it was like, oh God, you know, he's left United, that's such a bitter taste. But Actually, maybe it, it wasn't. It hasn't been the managers. It's actually been the setup there that they never really stood a chance. I don't know, um, but um, I think the, the patterns are emerging very quickly from the managers that we've had in, who seem like the best thing since sliced bread when they first come, and then when they leave, it's like, oh, is it them or is it the powers that be at Man United? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I agree with all of that. <laughs> Absolutely. I just go on my um, little rants, don't I? Sorry. No, it was at, like a hundred percent spot on. Like time uh, you, every time at, you say Man United, I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So I'll tell you another bloody thing, right? <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you, right? Listen to this. Go <laughs> your money away in Stretford, then go see Michael Bublé. A bloody great evening it was. Tell you what, then get on to Guetta. Guetta's <laughs> 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 greatest days, <laughs> and then Ten Hag. Oh. But Mike, I'm not surprised that United fans don't want Potchin because. He's absolutely, I mean, 220,000 people voted in this poll. So that's a very good sample size. And Poch is absolutely stinking it up at PSG. And obviously there's this kind of chat that like, oh, well, he's waiting to get out and it's not the sort of club he like wants to be at. And it's like, irrespective of that, like he's still got a job to do and a responsibility to the fans. And he's absolutely mm. blowing it. Like he, he's the one I'm looking at now, kind of David Moyes style. It's like, where, where would he go next? Uh, I think you're just saying this because you don't want Poch to go to United. Well, you know what? Because every every Spurs fan I speak to loves Poch. Like they they, they look at him. Well, not every Spurs fan. My old driving instructor um, he used to he used to bang on about Spurs all the time, and I actually fail because he was such a rubbish driver. Let me ju- let, let me just quickly um, tell you the story about my driving instructor before I carry on. But anyway, the the car was so old; it was about like 20 years old. It was some banged up Corsa. Um, and it was so bad that uh, that one time I was driving and all of the lights on the on the dashboard turned off and he was like, pull over, pull over. So, so I pulled out. I was like, what the fuck, man? Like, I've got my driving lesson next, my, my driving test next week. What's going on? I sort your car out. And he was like, no, nah, don't worry. I've got a little trick. And he, he, he literally like told me to get out of the car. He came around to, to the driver's side and he started banging on the on the dashboard like five or six times. He was no like, don't way. worry. If it, it, if it cuts out, mate, just do that. Bang on it five times and it will come on again. Don't worry. <laughs> and then he put his like, nail what? in the exhaust. <laughs> it's just a bit blocked. 
but yeah, not exactly what, what you want to hear like a week before your driving test. Safe to say Jesus. I failed um, and, and I got someone else and I passed. But anyway, yeah, going back to, to Spurs fans and, uh, and Pochettino, <laughs> most of them except him love Pochettino. For some reason, he hated him. Um, but I, I don't know, Joe, I think, I think with Poch, I think, yeah, I'm trying to go back in serious football combo now. Um, but I think he's the one with Premier League experience and he got Spurs to a Champions League final um, and he got Spurs sort of on the cusp of sort of maybe challenging for the league, which is which is quite impressive considering where he came from. Ten Hag, he's not managed in a in one of the top three leagues. He's managed in, in the Eredivisie. Um, I think he managed Bayern Munich's second string team as well. I believe. Yeah. Um, so, you know, he's not managed at, at the very highest level. Um, and I just think even though he's, he's, his football is really impressive and it's, uh, and it's, it's really good to watch and fun to watch. And there's a, there's a part of that that needs to be brought to, to Man United again, because the, yeah. the fans love that. I just think if you're looking at a manager side by side, I, I would say Poch is the, is the one who's a standout candidate. And also, with PSG, that they're just impossible to manage. Like you, you look at some of the managers that have been there. T- Thomas Tuchel was there, and it, <laughs> he did it. Yeah, and no, I've said it properly now. Um, and he, he he couldn't manage the squad. And look what he's gone on to do at Chelsea. He won the Champions League the, the next season. So PSG is a, mm. the impossible gig, pretty much. Like he, him right now, he's got Messi, Neymar, and, and Mbappe. And none of them want to want to track back. None of them want to work hard. So as a, yeah. as a manager, what he's kind of stuffed. So I'm I'm not sure I'd sort of use PSG as a stick to beat him with. Um, but yeah, I, I, if if I was a United fan, which I'm glad I'm not, I think I'd I'd go Poch. <laughs> but how would you? How do you think that um, if Ten Hag, <laughs> Ten Hag? Oh, hello, if, there uh, it is. Ten Hag. Um, if uh, Ten Hag, if um, how would Ronaldo react or like the bigger players? How do you think the dynamics would be there? Who well, cares about actually... Ronaldo, honestly? Honestly, who, who cares about him? But is he gonna right? I think, right? Is he gonna <laughs> is he gonna extend his contract? Do you think, Ronaldo? Do you think he'll still be there next season? I'll be really surprised if he is. Do you think well, the only thing I think though is there's a world Portugal haven't qualified for the World Cup yet, it's worth saying. Mm. But yeah, they have. if Portugal are at the World Cup, they have. They, they won last night. <laughs> oh, right, they have now. Breaking news, Portugal have qualified for the World Cup. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I was at a pub quiz last night. Sorry. <laughs> um, I was I was just thinking then. Oh right, God. Mm, What's going to qualify for the World Cup? So, but with another World Cup <laughs> to play in at the age of thirty nine or whatever he's going to be, is he not just going to want to be stable? Like thirty six, isn't he? Thirty eight, isn't he? Is he? Thirty seven. <laughs> sake. What a segment. <laughs> oh God. Right. <laughs> This just in, Cristiano Ronaldo's 37 and Portugal in the World Cup. Hold on, is he 37 or is he 36? Can we confirm this? Uh, When's his birthday? <clears throat> I hope he's right, going to send him a card. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> he's 37. When was his just birthday? Just turned 37. Just uh, turned. 5th of February, yeah. so you missed it. With another World Cup on the horizon, do you not think he's going to want stability? So he's going to may as well stay at Manchester United playing at a top club. Or do you think he would look to, like, with a World Cup coming, he's, he's going to want to play, isn't he, to play himself into form? Well, I, I just think, um, like, he looks really gutted every time he walks on the pitch in a United shirt. And I know he's, like, saying how passionate he is and stuff, but can you imagine how 
off you'd be like playing at the club what 12 13 years ago and what an amazing experience he had and then he's come back and there's all this shit going on with all the players and that leaks out the dressing room and all this kind of stuff he's probably come back thinking hold on I wanted to end my career on a high and like who are these people and why are they so disrespectful yeah it's- yeah I can understand it. I understand. I think every United fan would understand if Ronaldo didn't want to stay and, and wanted to leave, but like, I don't know where he would go. Um, I, I don't know if, you know, if, if there's anything in the pipeline, I haven't read anything yet. Um, but I'd understand if he didn't want to stay. Would you want to stay if you were Ronaldo at United? Well, no, I just, I just do think there's an argument of like that stability leading up to yeah. the World Cup. I mean, he's going to get picked for the Portugal team anyway, isn't he? So yeah, yeah. Sort of doesn't really matter where he is as long as he's able to train. Yeah. Um, but Mike, do you think he'll be at United next season? Um, I think it it does depend on on who they bring in. As as Hannah says, I think if it's like a highly respectable coach that makes him a, a central part of their plans, mm. I think he'll stay. If it's a manager he's not particularly sure about, and you know, it's, if if it's like Eric Ten Hag who plays pressing football, they're probably not going to want Ronaldo in their team because he is just a you know he's. He does not suit it to that style of football. But you said what you said like before when we started this bit. Who cares about Ronaldo? What what made you say yeah. that, Mike? Yeah, why were you such a? B- oh, it's just because it's <laughs> like <laughs> when he's when he, when he's come to United, it's like it's it's not the it's not the Ronaldo show. It's this Man United who are in trouble and they're they're spiraling downwards, and it's all about him, like storming off the pitch and you know throwing yeah, his arms about. If it wasn't for him, about. we would hardly have any goals this season. People yeah, that is that. true. That is that is true. But I mean, how much has he has he hindered United as well, and and not just on the pitch, but I mean, like people people looking at United and how they perceive United and sort of like the feel around it. And like, I I think Ronaldo is a great player, but he is he is very much, you know, you need to cater your style of football towards him. And I don't yeah. think like United at this current iteration of United need to be doing that. They need to have a, a long-term plan because as yeah. you were saying earlier, Hannah, I think it almost doesn't matter who they get in as long as they don't sort out the, the decision makers above him to, yeah. to allow whatever manager it is to, to thrive. They're, they're going to be having issues still. Yeah. But you think he's been a help, not a hindrance this season, don't you, Hannah? I think you're, like, you're on the opposite side. Yeah, I am. And I love it when Ronaldo scores, which he has done a lot of um, this season. And I love it when it shuts people up because when people raise the the argument, oh, you shouldn't have brought Ronaldo on. If if Ronaldo wasn't at United, we would still have all these problems on the pitch. We would still be looking for a new manager. It's not down to Ronaldo that we've had such a, a mess behind the scenes. Like he's kind of kept face, I think, and he's kept that that excitement and 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 momentum I'd say for United fans to keep going to watch matches because Ronaldo's there because you look at the other key few key players in the team that have really gone off the boil um over the last few months and Ronaldo's remained consistent he's coming onto the pitch he's he's definitely putting himself into pockets of space to to score and creating mm. chances as well and he, he is scoring so whether it, that's it's we could have scored a lot more goals or well, which we could have you know other players aren't kind of put it pulling together um unfortunately so if it wasn't for Ronaldo I think we'd be in a terrible position now speaking of key players Poland are three to the World Cup in Qatar for Robert Lewandowski uh gave them a playoff win final over Sweden but that's not what I'm interested in because in my reading about Robert Lewandowski I discovered something I don't know if you guys know this right Robert Lewandowski follows a backwards eating plan 
to keep trim. So this was in the Telegraph. He'll have a chocolate brownie to start, followed by some rice, then meat or fish, and finally a salad or soup. So he eats pudding first and works his way back to the starter. That, I mean, well... Why? So the problem... The problem here is you then get problem the worst air. bit. Problem here is. <laughs> oh, the problem here is, Robert, what you want to do, mate? <laughs> you want to have your brownie <laughs> lice, It's the noisiest bit. Your <laughs> But it's like they, he's eating the wrong way round, right? Obviously, but the soup, soup is shit. I don't know why anyone eats soup anyway. Something you've got a spoon in shit, just drink it. It's a drink. Don't have it, right? <laughs> that's my opinion. <laughs> but that's the worst bit last so you get the maximum enjoyment first. It's like, you know, when you're eating a roast dinner, right? The thing to do is you eat all the veg, get rid of the veg. Then you might eat like some of the potatoes and Yorkshire pudding, but you want to be left with mostly meat at the end and some Yorkshire pudding. Mike, you're nodding. That's what you do, isn't it? Yeah. You eat the best yeah, bit last. Yeah, yeah. You save it, save the best till last. Save but I don't know, Joe, but maybe, maybe he prefers starters to, to dessert. That, 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 is, that is fair, isn't it? If he, do you know what? If he prefers soup to a chocolate brownie, then I don't care about his glittering <laughs> career. He's an idiot. It might not be soup. It wrong. might be. It might be like. It might be deep fried calamari, and that's not something you'd turn your nose up at. Ooh. Well, hang on. <laughs> so you think professional athlete Robert Lewandowski smashing <laughs> down some deep fried calamari? Well, what's he having? What's he having a brownie for this. then? To start off yeah, with, yeah, like his sugar levels. Healthy. But Hannah, yeah. you're you're a qualified nutritionist. What <laughs> what is what is there any value to this? I think it's a load of <laughs> because why, <laughs> why, go, if I'm honest, <laughs> listen, get, get his manager on. Why would you eat uh, sugar at the start of a meal to spike your insulin levels? And it's just it's ridiculous. I've never heard anything so ridiculous apart from when you said that you don't have soup. Why do you not have soup? Yeah, who, who, doesn't soup, dunk, who doesn't dunk a sal- asami to into some tomato ketchup? Uh, tomato that, soup. <laughs> tomato ketchup. <laughs> That's different. If you're dipping some bread in it, yes. But you know, people are like, oh, what's the soup of the day? I'll have the soup. So yeah. what the f are you doing? You're paying for that. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm so, I'm like, feeling do enraged. You, do you not like a French onion crusty. soup, Joe? No. Oh, mate. You've not what lived. About, but what about you have tomato soup? But only with cheese on toast. Right. So you dip, and, you, yeah, Branson pickle. You dip, <laughs> you dip the cheese what? on toast into the soup. Branson pickle. Cheese and Branson pickle on toast. No, what? D- dipping that in tomato soup. In tomato soup. You might lose a bit of back Branson though in the it's soup. Gonna be, it's gonna make sure you toast it. your bread properly, and then it won't go moist. Hey. What? <laughs> <laughs> what does what? So you put the pickle on, and your bread won't go moist. No, you toast your bread properly, so then you just scoop it up a little bit and then eat it. I mean, With soup? Yeah, yeah super. That is quite a mixture. <laughs> <laughs> but don't you, get little, don't you get little lumps of pickle floating in your soup? Oh, yeah. No, because you, know, you just scoop it quickly and then get it straight in your gob. <laughs> Yam it in. Yeah. But Hannah, you make sandwiches and put them in hairnets. So based after this from Robert Lewandowski, I want to know, do you have any weird eating habits? Um... Not really. I'm vegan, though. So that's weird in itself, isn't it? I'm vegan. No, yeah, that's, that's a personal choice. Yeah. So um, I don't vegan. think I have any weird, <laughs> weird eating habits. I tell you what, I bloody love pickled onions, though. <laughs> do you? What do you oh, eat them yeah. out of a jar? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, my God. My yeah, mouth's yeah. watering. That's like... Gherkins, oh my Hannah. God. 
love a gherkin. Oh, when I was pregnant, I used to eat them all the time. Um, but yeah, I love a pickled onion with a bit of gravy on. Ooh. <laughs> <Crazy>. <laughs> a pickled onion with gravy on. Yeah, you know when you have Sunday dinner and you have your pickled onions on the side, like you were saying, save the best no. for last. I always put my pickled onions at the side and save them. And if anyone takes oh, a pickled yeah. onion, I'd punch them in the <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yo, full Will Smith on them. <laughs> yeah. But hang on, no, right, Mike, I'm not wrong, am I? A pickled onion is not a traditional part of a roast dinner. Absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely well, not. I think my friends in North Allerton would disagree. Oh, no. <laughs> this weird cult has to end. <laughs> so, what, hang on, do you have a jar of pickled onions next to your plate? Well, I don't put jars on the table because I'm proper classy. Um, but Why yeah, is that to- not classy? you got <laughs> pickled onion. <laughs> you don't put jars on the table. If my Auntie Phyllis is coming around, you, put, you get a gravy boat out. You don't want to use your, your plastic measuring jug. So, but No, but you, right. So you won't have a jar on the table, but you will have a pickled onion <laughs> with your roast dinner. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> is, it, is, it, yeah. is it the big one? Is it the, the big pickled onion, Santa? Because I, I, I know... <laughs> And <laughs> I know you can get the tiny little silver skin ones that you put in yeah, your sandwiches. Yeah, I prefer the big ones. Yeah. Yeah, you like the big ones. You like the big round ones. Yeah. I don't think I've ever eaten a pickled onion. Are nah, you kidding? Come on, Joe. What about pickled not, eggs? Not with your fish and chips. No, no, I wouldn't have. No, I've never had a pickled egg. I know that. I'll bring no, some. Not my, egg. Um, no, that's grim. We do them as tea time presents in our family. My dad always gives me um, pickled eggs for on Christmas night <laughs> for a tea time present. <laughs> What? Right, sorry. Right, so, so, so you have your presents. You do your presents in the morning or whatever, and then when it gets to dinner time, tea time, your dad goes right. You know what time it is, and Hannah sits up like a dog. And he goes and gets pickled eggs. Yeah, yeah. Hannah, and I always unwrap because he wraps them up, and he has to be really careful. Oh. Because it's a, gla- paper. a glass jar, and then I was every year I pretend I don't know what it is. Oh, I thought you meant he wrapped the eggs up individually. Yeah, I was like, that's not very really <laughs> hygienic. <laughs> oh god, oh, yeah. Dear. Does everyone in the family get one, or do they get different stuff? They all get normal presents, but my dad just gives me pickled eggs every year because I really, because <laughs> I really like them. Oh, they might get a Michael Bublé CD or something. <laughs> I feel like your dad treats you like an experiment. <laughs> get into the barbers and get your fringe cut. Tell me, little Literally. girl. Eat He's an apple. Got, honestly, honestly, Mr. Creelman has got a lot to answer for. Let's get him on the podcast. We do. We'd be amazing. We'd be amazing. So there you go with a little kid in North Allerton with a bowl cut <laughs> eating pickled eggs. I think it's probably that's probably quite a good place to leave it. Um, Right, thank you very much, Hannah. Thanks. Cheers, Mike. Cheers. And um, yeah, we'll see you next time. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 
18 plus.